Hello, and welcome to Pause Pop, Positively Pop Culture, where we talk about the things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm Carrie Gessner. And I'm K.W. Taylor. This week, we welcome pop culture scholar Robin back to talk about the Paramount Plus series, The Good Fight. Okay, we are very happy to be back with Robin, who always comes to talk about interesting things with us. Last time she convinced me to watch The Leftovers, so maybe... Oh, wow. Yeah, so maybe she'll convince me to watch The Good Fight this time. We'll see. (laughs) But Robin, do you want to say a little bit about yourself? Yeah, last time I had this little existential (laughs) crisis in this moment, like, who am I? But currently I'm a doctoral candidate. I'm in grad school. I'm writing a dissertation. So that's all I'm going to talk about. That's all I talk about anymore. And I, so I have a degree in pop popular culture. Oh, I should have said that before. I actually have an actual degree in popular culture and my current area is American culture. So, and I'm a, a, I was raised on TV. So very into popular culture. (laughs) Thank you. So we're, we're going to focus primarily on um, the CBS all access series, I guess now Paramount plus series, the good fight. Wow. I like, are they the sponsor? Did you have to? No. (laughs) But that's where people can find it. Um, the Good Fight, yeah. which is a, yeah. a spinoff of The Good Wife. And we will talk about The Good Wife as well. But so you got me into this telling me that it was a good show. I then... I did? Yeah. And then I... <laughs> oh, yay. Binged the heck out of it very quickly and got very obsessed very quickly. And I now I'm just... I can't wait for season five to come out. So do you want to give us a little premise just of, just of The Good Fight at first? And then we'll kind of spread out from there. Sure. And actually, do you know who convinced me to watch it? Who? So Amy Spaulding actually would tweet about it a lot and talk about it a lot. Amy Spaulding, former guest. Yeah. (laughs) And so, you know, I trust, like, I definitely trust her taste. Mm -hmm. And I was like, huh, isn't that a show for, like, parents? You know, like, it's on (laughs) CBS. Meanwhile, I'm no spring chicken, but, like, who am I to say? But I was like, oh, okay. Well, you know, if Amy said it's good, I'll check it out. And I love... Oh my God, what's her name? Christine Baranski. Wow, we're, 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 we're a pair. So I like put it on expecting it to be like a background cleaning show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, no, this is appointment TV. I'm sitting down watching. Okay, I'll tell you what I'm babbling enough about it. Okay, so, so Diane Lockhart is about to retire, but then loses all her savings from this friend of hers that's like a Bernie Madoff type. Mm-hmm. So she has to she has to still work. So she doesn't want to go back to her old law firm because I don't know, there was some business there or whatever, maybe that was covered in the other show. So she joins a law firm that is a primarily African American law firm, which is actually a really was I didn't know that about the show. But that's a really interesting development Mm -hmm. that we can talk about. And obviously, Christine Bransky is white. So she is kind of a, a and she's kind of a mentor to this, this woman, Maya, who is like a first, uh, a new, what do they call the, you know, associate, associate yeah. junior associate. She's, she's like right out of law school, who is the daughter of the Bernie Madoff type. So she sort of mentors her and she, Maya kind of deals with her family life and kind of, and being a lawyer. And then as it's sort of that thing where, because they're the people that sort of like bring us into the show, they're like the vehicle. Mm-hmm. And then the show eventually becomes more about the other people in the law firm. Delroy Lindo is the is the head of the firm. And there's, um, again, stellar Audra McDonald's in it. 
I love Audra McDonald. Uh, yeah, Broadway goddess. I had no idea. Yeah. Yep, there you go. <laughs> also, there's actually, you know, there's actually a lot of Broadway people in the show. Mm-hmm. Like for some of the one-offs. Yeah, I remember looking at that. So I, I do appreciate that when people know good talent. And then, <laughs> and then I don't know, I think, so, I mean, I, I think that's the general premise, but we'll get into it. But Diane Lockhart is just amazing woman, successful career woman, child free by choice, which Kathleen and I have talked about a lot. Living with her hot husband, Gary Cole, in an amazing <laughs> Chicago apartment, just like kicking ass in her career. And I think that's, I mean, is that enough? Like that, it's just, I could just watch that I'm all sorry, the time. I'm sorry, I'm just losing it at her hot husband, Gary Cole. <laughs> Not, he, he is, uh, would you like to weigh, on, weigh in, Kathleen? He is very attractive. No, 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 I, he, yeah, he is, but it's just, that's not how I think of <laughs> He's very attractive on the show. Yes. On the okay. show. I, I don't know how. He, he just... He's got this silver fox thing happening. His character <laughs> is very kind of like strong, silent type. He's a ballistics expert. They are politically diametrically opposed because Diane yes. is a huge liberal and her husband is this... He's a ballistics expert and he's an NRA member and a yeah. you know Trump supporter. Yikes. And the other thing that's interesting about this show is that it started in the beginning of the Trump administration and the opening scene of episode one is Diane like sitting in a darkened living room watching the election results and basically like crying, even if it's not really outward. She's just devastated. I just have a question. Does he have a mustache? Yes. No. Oh, he does? Yes. (laughs) Yes, he does. Does he have a mustache and a beard or just the mustache? Yeah, it's not. That's why I said, I don't know. It's it's very, it's very, it's not like a prominent mustache, but he has like the full mustache beard. So it's okay. like, he's right. just. Cool. Yeah. 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 Okay. I get it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry yeah. for that tangent. <laughs> Where in the leftovers, I said, Justin Thoreau was too good looking. Gary Cole is just good looking enough. Yes. yes. <laughs> and Diane Lockhart is like style goals and, and Robin and I have just Oh my God. This. She is, you know. Christine Ransky is in her late 60s, very early 70s, and very tall, very elegant, very put together, but approachable. Like she she laughs a lot. She's got this very infectious yeah. kind of strange laugh that's almost a little bit odd coming out of her. Yeah. But she, I, I love that combination of this poise and elegance with somebody who you feel like she knows how to have a good time. She's approachable. She certainly mentors people. She's a great lawyer. But she's flawed. And I think that in The Good Wife, the the series before this, she wasn't shown as fully fleshed out as a well-rounded character as she is here. And I think that's one of the strengths of the show is kind of peeling back some of those layers and seeing how she is fallible and how it's hard to, to rebrand or restart your life after some kind of serious financial and career setback. Because part of it is, mm-hmm. too, that she... She doesn't want to go back to her old firm, but she also tries to go back to other firms and nobody is taking her because they feel like the pyramid scheme, they worry that she might have known more than she let on because the guy yeah. who ran it was a friend of hers. So nobody wants to to take her on. And plus, since she is retirement age, it's like, well, what's the point of bringing you on? We're only going to work for another five years and leave. Mm-hmm. So it's telling that this, and they joke that she's their diversity hire at Reddick Bozeman. <laughs> Oh, Reddick Bozeman, yeah. yeah. Thank you. I'm just really bad at names. That's okay. Or it's it's not the names, it's the recall. Yeah, yeah. I understand. But so I think that it's it's interesting that they're willing to take a chance on her. Luca Quinn is another one of their associates, and she's played by Kush Jumbo, 
which is a great name. I just love that name. <laughs> and also she's British. Yes. Oh. And also she's a very, she's a very, I don't know if I liked her, but I was intrigued by her. She's sort of very sort of cold and matter of fact, which yes. I think, I think because she's a woman that sort of worked against her in a way. Possibly. I I liked her character as a counterpoint to Maya and, uh, oh gosh, I got to get this other character. Are we forgetting names again? Marissa. (laughs) Marissa. Oh, Marissa's great. Marissa's great. Marissa is my favorite character on either The Good Wife or The Good Fight. She is hilarious and smart, and she basically demands respect at every turn and sort of worms her way into every career promotion she gets. She's really good at her job. Yes, she's really good. And competency is, that's the thing is like, they're showing women being competent in this difficult, you know, world of of law and investigation. And Mm -hmm. I love to see characters who they may have bad personal lives or whatnot, but that they're good at their job. Yes. I just love that. You don't see that a lot. I mean, I think about like workplace stuff, There's or like comedies, it's always like people bumbling at their job, or it's always somebody messing up at their job. And they they had like, a, they, you know, they had hiccups. But yeah, I just want to watch people being good at what they do. Yeah, yeah. It's almost sort of the same. I get a lot of pleasure out of watching really inscrutable, confusing moments in like a space opera where they're all just on the on the deck of the ship and they're doing a bunch of stuff and you don't even understand what they're doing. But they're all <laughs> just like super competent and saying all these science words. It's like that. <laughs> it's like just with lawyering. But with lawyering. So you kind of understand more what's going on. <laughs> I think that the court cases are really interesting, too. And the thing that I really enjoy is with both shows, I like I like scenes of depositions where they're, it's just a, a civil case. They're just suing each other. And it's just yeah. low stakes. And it's just like people fighting. And I love that. <laughs> and they always have a wacky judge. Yes. Do they do that in The Good Fight a lot? And it's yeah. always like super hijinks. Like it, yes. it turns into like farcical almost sometimes. There's a recurring judge who's been on both shows played by Dennis O'Hare. And he's this yes. <laughs> super liberal hippie judge. And something weird is always happening with him. Like, oh, I lost my contacts. So I have to wear these sunglasses. And it's like, what? <laughs> And it's just charming. And, and yeah, the, the recurring character, there's B.B. Newworth as a judge, too. And yeah, she's great. Oh, cool. It's just neat to see. There's a ton of, like, in addition to Broadway actors, there's a ton of veteran character actors. Hmm. And it's just like, oh, spot the spot the character actor. And, um, yeah, Audra McDonald. Michael Sheen shows up in season three as this totally weird lawyer. Yeah, I, that was a little, that was a little, yeah. <laughs> Fisher Stevens. Isn't it? Is that like, I I mean, everybody, like, I feel like that everybody knows that lawyer. He's like a sort of like a like a slimy defense lawyer has like a really cluttered office. And it's just but somehow is really good at his job as well. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Oh, there's also Matthew Perry and Michael J. Fox are lawyers that are both really slimy. There's also, oh, I can't remember her name, but she plays this lawyer named Elsbeth Tassioni. Yes. Oh, Carrie Preston from True Blood. Yeah. And she is very smart, but she's so quirky that it's almost like it goes from being comedic to almost annoying, but she plays it really well. Yeah. So there's a lot of these things of like being a lawyer is hard, stressful. It might even make you a little kooky. But when you're shown being competent, even if you're not a likable character, that's just great. I just love that. 
It makes it makes looking like being I mean, and the offices obviously are gorgeous and they have a lot of money. And you're like, wow, I want to be a lawyer wearing these amazing suits. I know. I mean, I know I don't want to be a lawyer, but Kathleen's like, I'm applying to law school. (laughs) I have joked about this. The funny thing is that I finished. So I finished all of the good fight. I went backwards and watched the good wife all the way through, which is much longer series. And we'll get into that in a moment. Yeah. So now I'm watching Boston Legal because I'm on this (laughs) law show kick. And I was like randomly looking up one of the actors because I was like, I haven't seen him in much lately. I looked it up and he became a lawyer in real life. He quit acting. I'm like, that's that's a sign. I'm supposed to go to law school. (laughs) Who was the actor? Bruno Campos. He'd been on Nip Talk and stuff. Yeah. He's he's now a real lawyer in New York City. Yeah. Good for him. He played a prosecutor on Boston Legal and he must have been like, this is fun. I'm going to do this. (laughs) I, just just a, a side note. My favorite part of the show, Search Party, was the um, was the courtroom scenes too. Oh yes. Oh, that was yeah. That's awesome. That's great. that's really. I think you've talked about that. We before. have talked about yeah. it. Yeah, but the courtroom scenes in Search Party are pretty hilarious. Yeah. Oh, John Cameron Mitchell is this very strange recurring character who's based on. He's like a Milo Yiannopoulos. Milo yeah. Yiannopoulos. Yeah. yeah. And I think that they do a really interesting job making fictional but realistic versions of real life controversial figures and yeah a lot of the cases in the good fight do have to do with politics and there is this one of the lawyers at the firm is a conservative played by michael boatman he's really good he's really good in that role and he has to kind of defend the fact that you know yeah i'm a trump supporter but i'm also black and you can do that i mean like it's he's a very interesting character i don't like him as a human being but some of the reasons for his conservatism make sense but you enjoy, I mean, but like the writing is so good and the acting is so good. Is that like, I enjoy having him on the screen yeah. and interacting. He becomes a judge later, which is kind of an interesting turn. Yeah, I actually really him. enjoy his journey through that process and how it changes mm-hmm. some of his views a little bit. I do want to gush more about Marissa just being okay. so like on The Good Wife, she starts as a college student. And so you get to mm-hmm. see her trajectory deciding and the the eye-opening moments where she decides to become an investigator. I just feel like that's such a realistic way to discover what you really like and what you're good at. And to also, Mm -hmm. as a woman, especially a young woman, having to sort of be a strong enough personality to almost push your way into, instead of asking, may I do this, saying, I'm doing this, try me out, and see what see what happens. And if I'm good at it, I'm going to keep doing it. Okay. Yeah. If I worked at that law firm, I'd be like, Oh my god, sorry to bother you. Oh my god, sorry, excuse me. But she's just like, Hello, you're the the partner of the law firm, but we're equal. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm gonna... It's 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 refreshing to see people treating other people with with respect, even if they're resistant to it at first. Hmm. Just people owning the fact that they deserve respect. So I don't know. It just it really works for me. Everything. Cool. I will say, and I'm allowed to say this, but like Marissa is a very, she's very Jewish, (laughs) culturally, Mm -hmm. looks culturally wise. And you don't, I mean, honestly, you don't see that a lot. Or it's part of the like, they're a Jewish American princess, or, you know, it kind of like, like, like uh, Leah Michelle on Glee. I never watched that, but I know that was part of her thing. And I just, you know, I'm like, represent, represent for petite Jewish women. Yeah, yeah. Cool. That's awesome. How else can we convince Carrie to watch this? Well, I have—I actually have a question. I have a question for you, Kathleen, and I think this will do double duty because it's okay. intriguing. <laughs> what do you think about that? They're at a black law firm, but the main characters are white. 
Most of the main characters are white. Yeah, most of the main characters are white, but not all of them. And yeah. one of the things, I don't know that this is a huge spoiler, but Maya leaves the show eventually. And I actually was glad for it because I don't think they ever had enough for her to do. She was a bit of a cipher. Her storyline sort of wraps up sort of neatly. I don't love how they sent her off. I thought that was a... Yeah, it was kind of bad. Yeah. Abrupt character yeah. change. But I get it in a way. But I once they get rid of her, I do think that the show becomes more diverse. And it's much more that Diane is pretty much... Diane and Marissa both are kind of the only non-people of color in the firm at that point. And Andre McDonald comes in as like a full... Partner. Yeah. And she and Diane, Diane sort of clash a little bit, but then they're friends. And I'm like, I love that. Yeah. You know what I mean, these like two powerful women. Yeah. In the first couple seasons, I don't know that they knew where they were going or who the real protagonist was. Yeah. And when they sort of make better choices about how to focus, it gets a lot better. But I think that it works to the extent that Diane is a liberal and she's a well-meaning one, but then they, she's also seeming to be willing to admit when she is being tone deaf. And they show moments like that. It's maybe a little subtle, but they do demonstrate that. And I think one of the reasons she decides to come to that firm is Adrian tells her in the first episode, come back to a place where you can be on the right side of the argument again. Mm -hmm. Because she's been representing Cook County against people who have had racial profiling and violence against them by the police. And this way, she'd be actually on the side of the victims. Mm -hmm. that their firm represents the victims of police brutality. And that compels her to realize, yeah, I have been going after the money. I've been going after the wrong side of certain issues and being very corporate. And that's not her value system at the end of the day. Couple that with the fact that it's the beginning of the Trump administration and she's really needing to fight for something that she believes in politically. I think that that's good. Yeah. And I mean, maybe it was sort of like a it was a little weird because like we needed the white characters to like guide us into this world. And maybe that was strategic. I don't know. I mean, it is a spinoff show, so uh -huh. you kind of have to do that in a way. But it it was interesting. And I think I mean, I can't say for sure, but they like the black associates at the firm, like bring up some really like hard issues that I think uh -huh. the way they handle it is is a little bit more nuanced than like another show might take so i mean there's a lot of positive things i just i couldn't help but you know it's it's very noticeable you're like okay well they're a very powerful african-american firm you know well, that's great but why are we then following the three white women so yeah it evens out and it, it you know eventually becomes its own thing but just an interesting choice to make yeah and i i think that's interesting and it's also it's especially telling since julius and luca had been in Lockhart Gardner. So they, they either one of them could have been the entry character instead of Diane. But also Diane. Sorry, you can't upstage Christine Bransky. Yeah, sorry. I'm going to say that she's, <laughs> she's clearly been designed from the beginning to be the protagonist of this spinoff. But yeah, with a different configuration, this could have been a slightly different show. But I mean, however you get people to the table, at least you get them there and then you can talk about yeah. that stuff. So I think that that's valuable. But yeah, have we convinced you or what do you oh, think, Carrie? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you convinced yeah. me like two minutes in. I feel like you just say that all the time. Like, <laughs> well, do, you, do you do follow up? Are you like, Carrie, are you watching? <laughs> well, I do have very bad follow through. So <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> with this one, it might be a little tough because I don't have CBS All Access slash Paramount Plus now. I didn't know that mm -hmm. was a thing. Yeah. But I'm going to I'm going to look into into that. Mm hmm. There's a lot of good stuff on that channel too. So. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> They're not a sponsor. 
Oh, can I, one other thing I want to say was the show is very, very anti-Trump. Like just, (laughs) I mean, there's storylines about how to like get Trump out of office. And even eventually in the credits, there's, first of all, opening credits are superb. (laughs) There's a TV with Donald Trump and it explodes. And I'm like, does Donald Trump know about, like, I feel like if Donald Trump knew that this show existed. Right. It's like very, I mean, listen, I'm no fan, but it's very like, the president and <laughs> you would think that he would find it and want to make want to be like this show should be canceled or like can like i'm surprised like conservatives didn't really have a yeah interesting have a have a beef with it and maybe because they just didn't watch it or it sort of went under the radar but i was actually surprised i mean i liked it i liked watching her watching people actually say like president trump you know on a tv show <laughs> yeah yeah i think I think that The Good Wife did a certain amount of that. With with some of my own research into political fiction, it's actually extremely rare for TV politicians to have their political party as clearly stated as they do in these two shows. Hmm. It's, It's highly unusual. The only example that I can actually think of is House of Cards, and yet he's not portrayed as a positive character. So I think they were they felt a little bit more willing to go ahead and reveal his political party, but his evil machinations were not based on his political affiliation. They were just based on his thirst for power. Mm -hmm. But in The Good Wife, the husband character, Peter, is clearly a Democrat, and he keeps running as a Democrat. And then when his wife starts to run for office, she's also running as a Democrat. And they just don't really discuss their platform very much, but they make it very clear that the Republican opponent characters are not good people. And they're not demonized as much as Republicans are in the good fight. Like it's this, the good wife was (laughs) on regular CBS and it was network and it was a much more traditionally structured show. So they, they had little moments of resisting stuff, but it was also during the Obama administration. So there was not maybe as much stuff for them to be resisting against. So I do want to speak briefly about the good wife because you just restarted it. Okay. Yeah. And I I watched all of The Good Fight first. And then I was like, you know what, I want to get the backstory on some of these people. So I went back and watched all of The Good Wife after I'd watched it a little bit and got lost interest. But then I went ahead and pushed through. And it got so good around season five. And that's when the tone, (laughs) the tone started to be much more like The Good Fight. Mm -hmm. That's a long time for it to get good, though. I know. (laughs) But but let me say, like, keep on the show. Just five seasons. Just five, five seasons. seasons. <laughs> I promise it'll get. It's good. I've watched. I mean, I enjoy it now. It's it's always been enjoyable. But yeah. yeah. But the same kind of stuff that makes the good fight fun. Aside from the heavy discussions, there's the good clothing stuff. There's the good stronger <laughs> older women. There's the apartment that is just beautiful. So even if you're just cleaning while you have it on in the background, if you just look up occasionally, you're like. Her apartment is so cute. <laughs> I mean, I love real estate. I love TV real estate. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And like Diane. Oh, gosh. What is her name? Alicia. Alicia. Florek. Alicia Florick wears the cutest outfits that are so perfect for her stage and her career and her hairstyle and her clothes change as she gets promoted at work. And I just think that is a subtle, fun element that I'm sure the costume department had a ton of fun with. But it is much more soap opera. Hmm. But the the court cases are interesting, and there's a lot more criminal law practiced in The Good Wife than in The Good Fight. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I am very compelled by is The Good Wife goes on for seven seasons, right? And the law firms keep like 
infighting to the point where they're changing the partners every week and they've got two competing firms at one point and they just like I need a flow chart. I need I need some math nerd to go through the show and like show me all the different permutations of the different law firms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, older like representation of older women on TV yeah. is not a lot. Mm -hmm. It's like this and the Real Housewives. Yeah. Now nothing against Real Housewives because I love the Real Housewives, but yeah, you know. these ladies have real jobs and they work <laughs> and they have to work for a living. I mean, the Real Housewives is like a cartoon. Oh really. yes, I is. mean that's how I see it. Yeah. yeah. But some something that is interesting here that both shows show women in moments of financial crisis and show their even though their jobs are very, you know, white collar professional that require graduate degrees and whatnot, but they, it's hard at times and getting and keeping money and having security, especially when your husband, you know, leaves or is in prison or, or whatnot, that they, they show some of the little glossed over, but still somewhat of a reality of, you know, you gotta, you gotta work to earn a living and it's, it's hard. And if you suddenly lose a significant chunk of your income, bad things can happen. And at moments, Alicia is like, she's doing basically public defender work for pennies, because that's all she can get at one point. And it's, you know, it's realistic. And so there's the part about lawyering that I'm like, you know what, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> I mean, they don't show the everyday minutiae, right? Like no. that the paperwork, the meetings. Yeah, yeah. The traveling across town and traffic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they just like zip everywhere in Chicago. You know, like, it's just like, oh, I'll see you at City Hall. Unrealistic. Yeah. <laughs> but ultimately, I do think that both shows, they have a, an interesting respect for the law in a way that there's ethical quandaries. There's, you know, advocating for people that you don't think are good human beings. And what does that mean? And what does it mean to want to be a politician because you want to help people, but then there's corruption. So there's a lot of ethical quandaries brought up that are interesting to think about. And the fact that, you know, the media is not friendly to women, but that, you know, these ladies, they persevere and they work hard. And it's mm -hmm. ultimately very female friendly, both, both shows. Cool. That is kind of my number one thing to look for in shows. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. <laughs> I think they both passed the Bechtel test quite a bit. So Nice. <laughs> I would hope so. There's so many women in the cast. <laughs> yes. I'll say one final thing about The Good Wife that I think part of why it gets really good in season five is that the producers chose to do something very shocking, but it doesn't feel like it was done just for convenience or pure shock value that kind of like we talked recently about The Leftovers, that it is a study in grief and it showcases the actor's range and some very painful, powerful moments. It was a it was an event that I knew was coming. I'd been spoiled years ago. And I yeah. was just like, whatever. And then when it actually happened, the way they did it, I was just weeping. I was weeping oh, wow. over like two episodes over this storyline. And that is, I think, a big turning point in how they decided to get a little bit more experimental. And then it really gives a preview into what they did with The Good Fight, which is even more experimental as a show. Hmm. Interesting. I sat next to Josh Charles at a restaurant in New York a couple years ago. What? Oh my gosh, was yeah. he so I'm now I mean, I think he's cute, but was he was he handsome? It was it was the early aughts. I think he was like between you remember for a while he like disappeared mm -hmm. and then came back because he would play like the young roles, but then I think he I don't know, like he kind of had to have a shift. So he was right at the end of that. Mm -hmm. He was very 
good looking. And I think he was on a date because he was doing a lot of like nodding in interest <laughs> in the person Aww. in a way that made you think like, okay, they don't know each other well, but Aww. he was very nice. He was like very preppy. And you know how actors always look smaller mm, mm-hmm. when you see them? Like he just was, he was very thin at the time too. So I don't know, but it was a very good, it's a very good celeb sighting because I was like, literally got to sit there and, and you know, he's dropped. <laughs> I bet he couldn't do that now. He's too recognizable, but it was probably. Yeah. I wonder if that was his future wife. Maybe. You witnessed Josh Charles fall in love. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe that was maybe, just Maybe they though. didn't see each other again. Or maybe it was somebody <laughs> you already knew. Yeah. That's too funny. Do you have anything else to add about these wonderful programs? Uh, I don't know if I like Chris Noth or not. I mean, he makes a good <laughs> villain, but I don't know. Yeah. This was a strange character. I, I think they never knew if he was supposed to be, if you were supposed to sympathize with him or not. They made him sometimes weirdly funny in a way that was gross. And I always was like, why are you still with this guy? I get that, though. You know, it's just when everything's at stake, you know. Yeah. I mean, I know she's not with him at all. I mean, spoiler, I know they don't stay together, but. Yeah. But it takes forever to get to that point. <laughs> yeah. So. I don't know. Yeah, he's. I think he's a good actor, but this character is not likable. Yeah. Anyway, good stuff. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. Sure. I've got so much TV to watch, and I, <laughs> I just don't know if I can do it. <laughs> I think I have faith that you can. Okay, thank you. <laughs> well, thanks again for being with us. Where can people find you if they want to discuss these things with you? <laughs> she doesn't want to be found. If you don't want to be found, that's okay, too. <laughs> You can contact the podcast and they can put through any adoring messages. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. People want to give me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was a great talk. Thank you again to Robin for coming back on our show. Next week, we're going to talk about Norwegian Space Disco, which I still don't know what that is. <laughs> the movie The Shadow and the Cloud and Emotional Catharsis in Media, which is going to be fun. Yeah. Our theme music is by Joseph McDade. You can find me on Twitter at Carrie Gessner. And you can find me on Twitter at KW Taylor Writer. You can find us together on Twitter at Pause Pop Podcast. And if you'd like to email us, you can do that at positivelypopculture at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Stay healthy and safe. And join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop.